Welcome back to Conversations for the Good. Good morning, Dr. Jane. Good morning, Anna. How are you today? I'm doing great. Well, here we are on 30 episodes. And the big news is, let's do a drum roll. (laughs) We have our complete library of episodes up and running on our Conversations for the Good podcast. Yay. How amazing is that, Dr. Jane? Anna, this is great. This is great. And it's this just such a great addition, you know, that allows folks to um, access another option to be with us. I'm delighted. I'm just delighted. Yes, I'm thrilled too. And it seems like the sequence of our conversations have led us up to this place now. You know, what does it mean to wake up and how do we get there? Yes. Yes. And we talked in our last conversation about how most of us live our lives in habitual patterns, you know, not because they're necessarily satisfying, but because they're habitual, you know, and very often we're not fully aware of what we're doing or why we're doing certain things. It's just kind of the way we've always, the way we've always done it. I call this the tunnel. And it's not that the tunnel isn't satisfying, as I say, it's that it's just, it's part of a sleepwalk when we're just not fully aware. And very often we're prone to make excuses why we're there and and it gets in the way of us having certain things in our lives that we say we want and that maybe we've given up on at some point in time whether it's job or relationships or our health um, we often sense that something's missing but can't quite see beyond our backstory and these habitual patterns most people feel stuck and justify that things in their life can't be different and can always come up with reasons why. Well, you're right, you know, so I very often use the term waking up to frame this process using awareness skills to assess our thoughts and our feelings, our body sensations, our impulses and behaviors, um, and turn toward that backstory and the conditioning, all of our history, to peel back the barriers, to really see what's, what's keeping us from being all that we can be. And in waking up to this best and highest part of ourselves, because that's really what this is about when I say waking up, waking up to the best and highest part of ourselves is is that it it kind of moves us into knowing that it's time to get off the sidelines of life. It's, It's time to quit justifying the fears and the sense of inadequacy. You know, it's time to stop um, thinking about, and that's kind of redundant, but, but um, looking at thoughts as, as being facts and holding them as being facts. It's time to jump into life, the life we want, the life that, that we can co-create with that best version of ourselves to be the best version of ourselves. This is true to that phrase we've used, why not me? <laughs> it sure is. It sure is. And I've often thought, Anna, that we're really a perfect design. We just happen to not come with a manual. You know, so I've spent a lot of years in my work trying to develop formulas that get us where we want to go, or at least where we say we want to go. And I found over the years that we tend to forge a creative path of change by making six different shifts in our lives. And the shifts move us out of this tunnel of habitual um, habits, 
of habitual thinking, of, of the conditioning that really aligns us with our backstory and moves us through a creative process, creative process that culminates in really living out that best and highest self and, and emerging to a point that, that we're making life choices very consciously. And think about it, Anna. You know, would you want the smallest part of you to be driving the bus of life or, or the best part of you driving that bus of life? So the key is accessing the best self. So yes. Dr. Jane, where do we start? That's exactly right. You know, and it starts with some of the questions that we've already posed in other conversations. You know, things like, you know, who am I? What do I want in life? What's missing? Um, whose life am I living? Because sometimes we've kind of gone on a track that someone else said that this is the way you need to, to live. And we've done it really well, been very successful. And yet somehow there's, again, something missing. You know, sometimes it's about, you know, what part of my life is unlived? Many of us have kind of ceased to have the dreams or live out the dreams that we thought were so important early in life. You know, and at this initial stage, we're just beginning to acknowledge the possibility of change. We're facing into habitual thinking and behaviors, and, and we're seeing how our history has played out through our socialization, through the backstory. And, and we might also tap into some fear-based thinking that's kind of kept us trapped or um, really stopped us from doing what we, we were really called to do. You know, things like, I'm not good enough, or, you know, I can't do that. Other people can, but I'm not good enough. I don't deserve it. It's not safe. I'm a loser. I'm bad. You know, I'll never be able to achieve that. And, and so if we stick with it, the awareness skills, you know, that we've talked about in our, in our previous videos, along with the quieting techniques that we've covered, energy techniques that we've covered, you know, we can begin to awaken another part of ourselves, a part that's beyond those fears of our inadequacies. You know, and this is the wise self. This is the, the self that, that really sees the possibility of change and, and moves us to the next shift out of the tunnel into what I call desire. So it's helpful for us to become aware of the life we live in the tunnel as a starting point, you know, reflecting on this is where I am, you know, what have I been doing and how have I justified it? And it sounds like the awareness skills and the other techniques are important from the get-go to keep us moving in the positive direction. Yes. And Albert Einstein has a quote that I've loved over the years. And he said, you can't solve a problem in the same state of mind that created it. So it's important that we're learning and practicing new skills that help us change the lenses through which we see ourselves and the world. And in this shift of desire, you know, it's really nourished by heart energy, gratitude, self-compassion, loving kindness. You know, it needs to be a desire fitting for my best and highest self not the small part of us. You know, that's not who I want driving the bus of my life and making the decisions for me. You know, we need to protect this desire. We need to nurture it so that it can gain strength and stability. I often refer to the, the desire in the early stages as kind of a, a baby idea that requires a loving caregiver. You know, mm -hmm. so, so the desire can begin to anchor us more firmly into really seeing possibilities as becoming probabilities 
That's the key. And as I strengthen my desire, I'm moving away from my old belief system. And again, skills and practices that around awareness and, and energizing myself and affirming myself are required to energize this shift so that I can move from desire into the next shift, which is vision. This is where we can actually see our desire. I love that quote, and it's so true. You know, it sounds, it sounds like we've planted the seeds of desire and watching it take form and grow. What's different about the, sh the, the shift into vision? Well, Anna, you know, and I, and I love the idea of planting seeds and nourishing them with our awareness practices, with our energy practices, you know, so the ideas can begin to arise and, and clarify because sometimes it starts out kind of hazy. You know, it, it's about what is calling me? What, what is pulling at me? You know, what part of me wants to, wants to surface? You know, what do I need to let go of? You know, and there begins to be a, a real felt sense, not just a, a cognitive conceptual uh, thinking of this, but a real felt sense that we have a mission, um, a mission that, that comes up against some resistances and it's acknowledging those resistances that can be incredibly important. And very often at this stage, I find it helpful to write a mission statement of our life, you know, regarding, you know, what we're looking for. And in doing this, we really um, move into the vision and creating a vision board can be incredibly helpful because this actually gives us images, actually gives us images, images that represent the vision of ourselves participating in something that we would find very satisfying. You know, so we're actually seeing ourselves actualizing our desire, the visual piece. I'm very familiar with vision boards. I've, I've created them for myself and, and for others. They can be incredibly powerful. It's like we can see ourselves. We really see ourselves doing the things that we really want and really desire. Exactly. And that's, that's what's so lovely about the images is that it becomes a mental, emotional rehearsal. And that energizes and kind of nurtures this whole process along. It moves us into the next shift, which is intention. And this is where the creative force and energy within us really um, puts together the design, you know, the actual plan and blueprint of our desire and our vision. Because at this stage, we want to be able to access our best selves, our highest selves, so that all the components of the plan are congruent with that higher sense of honor and integrity. You know, these practices that, that I'm talking about, the awareness skills, the quieting skills, the, the energy techniques support the shift moving toward the ongoing alignment with the higher self. You know, the intentions need to remain pure. We're not looking for anything that's self-serving. It feels bigger than that. You know, and let me just say that when we're operating, you know, and when we're, we're operating at that best self, we're aligned with that highest self, you know, it really, and it doesn't matter whether it's health or, or job or relationship, or it really serves the greater, the greater good. When I'm aligned with that, it really serves the greater good. Yes, absolutely. And the more we're healthy and whole, the better it is for everyone, which, you know, that's what really feels, when it really feels right. And uh, it's the best version of myself and 
everyone benefits from that, right? That's exactly right. So the plan that we're talking about in intention in this particular shift has to be believable and achievable and aligned with that next right thing, because that's what the highest self wants. It's always moving to the next right thing. Inspired action is the next shift. That's what we're moving to from intention, inspired action. And, and inspired comes from the Greek, which means of the spirit. So what we want to do is we want to really be infused with the spirit of the best and highest self, imbued with the spirit to take right action, truly right action. And this shift is the epitome of right action and conscious choice. This is where it really starts to happen in real time. <laughs> so much lead up, so much you know, preparation. It seems like this stage, the effort would be almost unstoppable. Well, yes, it, it does, doesn't it? You know, and, and all the lead up, the preparation, you know, integral in really actualizing this shift. And yet, remember, Anna, you know, we've talked about this before, old habits die hard. You know, and as we've said in past conversations, you know, the brain doesn't give up anything. So those old habits, the old conditioning are still stored in the neural pathways. Yes, and we have halt, you know, that we always talk about hungry, angry, lonely, or tired can unlock the old programming and in a heartbeat. Exactly, exactly. And that's why at this shift, the skills and the practices that we've been accumulating, you know, become daily routines. You know, every day we have things that we're doing that are building this. So our life really becomes about practice. Actually, life is practice. The awareness, the deepening into the wisdom and the acceptance. You know, this is also where we want to regularly review and revise our plan so that it continues to meet our changing schedules and changing demands, the, the normal fluctuations of life. Um, so we continue to stay keenly aware of both environmental influences, that external influence, but also the internal processes you know, of our thoughts and our feelings, because these can either support or sabotage the best plans. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we're actively in that change process, creating the life that we've always wanted, doing the next right thing, becoming more uh, connected with the best version of ourselves. This sounds pretty good. And it is pretty good, Anna. And, you know, I don't want to diminish that at all, but it can also be a danger zone. Um, and this is because this is a place where we can become complacent. Uh, the old conditioning and some of our old beliefs very often want us to believe that if we work hard toward a goal and we achieve it, that we have arrived. You know, that's the key word, I've arrived. You know, and we've all said, you know, I'm never going to let that happen to me again or I'll never, you know, but sometimes we get to this place when we think we've arrived, that we start to coast, you know, and when we're starting to coast, sometimes the practices become less frequent. Um, sometimes we, we resume some of the old unhealthy activities and it can be a very slippery slope. You know, there are also times when we just flat out, it's like, I've done this enough. I'm tired of doing it. I don't want to do it. Well, it sounds familiar, Dr. Jane. <laughs> and yet I can see where it can cascade into old behaviors so quickly. Uh, we've all been there. And you know, one of the, the key isn't 
that we never slip off the path or never get off the track. You know, the key is how quickly do I become aware of it and pick myself back up and get back on track, guided by my best and highest self. How quickly can that happen? And this is where the last shift comes in, the final shift, which is commitment. And commitment tends to be the psychic glue that holds it all together, holds together the, the desire and the vision, the intention, the inspired action, and, and really forms this uh, um, safety net that can keep us from um, really being impacted by negative thoughts and resistances that can sabotage us. Commitment comes from the Latin root, which means to come together and send to. And years ago, when I was first studying this, I was kind of stumped by what this meant. But clearly now, for me, what it means is that I'm coming together with my highest self, and I'm sending the best version of myself to the targeted issue, whatever that change is, or that calling is, that then I'm wanting to move. So when I'm committing to something, in that commitment, there are no half measures. You know, I'm in it. It's a matter of honor and integrity. So when you ask me, or if you ask me on any particular day, did you do such and such that you said you were going to do? Did you follow through with that? You know, I'm going to say, of course I did. I gave my word. Gave my word to who? To myself, to my highest self. You know, this is where the next right thing, doing that next right thing, becomes who I am. That's what commitment is all about. And it can only happen in the present moment and by practicing the awareness skills. Which is why the awareness skills are learned in the beginning and practiced along the process. That's right. That's right. And the culmination of these six shifts is really a transformation from living our life in that conditioned habitual pattern of our backstory to living fully from our highest self, the wisest part of ourselves. And this is where that emerging self is really actualized. It's really played out every day. You know, this wise guide, this emerging self becomes the voice within us that directs us to conscious choice in every part of our lives. You know, it continues to grow, it continues to deepen. And with this, we deepen our experience of what it is to be fully human in the best sense of our humanity. Wow, so much to contemplate. Six shifts to peel back, the layers, and to discover how we really are, what we're called to do. A lot to think about. <laughs> I want to remind our viewers uh, that all our 30 episodes are available on our podcast. Thank you, Dr. Jane. Until our next conversation. Thank you, Anna. <laughs>